Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, BrainStuff. Lauren Vogelbaum here with another classic episode from our archives. This one has to do with the 25th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States. We first ran it back in late January of 2018, the month that Michael Wolff's book, Fire and Fury, came out, detailing behind-the-scenes happenings in Trump's White House. It called into question for some President Trump's mental health, and generated conversation about whether the 25th Amendment might be enacted. It was not at the time. But given that this amendment is again in the news, I wanted to present again our breakdown of what it is and how it works. Hi, BrainStuff. Lauren Vogelbaum here. If you've been through an American history or government class, some constitutional facts probably left a lasting impression— For example, the 13th Amendment abolished slavery, and the 19th Amendment afforded women the right to vote. But there are 27 amendments to the Constitution, and you may not have ever had a reason to ruminate on the 25th. The 25th Amendment has received special attention as news stories regarding President Donald Trump's fitness for office have emerged. The 25th Amendment was created during the Cold War, following President Dwight D. Eisenhower's three serious illnesses and President John F. Kennedy's 1963 assassination. Proposed by Congress and ratified by the states following, it provides the procedures for replacing the president or vice president in case of death, removal, resignation, or incapacitation. Eisenhower originally entered into a letter agreement that stated if his health impeded his ability to run the country, power would be transferred to his vice president, Richard Nixon. This led to the official amendment that clarified the rules around transfer of power in the event of an incapacitated president. After numerous congressional hearings, the final version passed the House and Senate in 1965 and was ratified on February 10, 1967. There are four sections to the 25th Amendment. Section 1 stipulates that the vice president will assume the role of president in case of death or resignation. Section 2 covers the event of a vacancy in the office of the vice president. In such a case, the president is responsible for nominating a candidate who must be confirmed by a majority vote of both houses of Congress. The history of Section 2 ensures that there is both a president and a vice president at all times. Section 3 states that the president has the discretion to declare his own inability to carry out the job and allows him to temporarily cede power to the vice president. It makes it clear, however, that the vice president does not assume the office or title of president. Section 4, to date, has never been implemented, but it's the piece of the amendment currently receiving media attention. The language empowers the vice president and the cabinet to declare a president incapacitated. To quote the amendment, Whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting president. Section 4 addresses the problem of a president who is unable or unwilling to acknowledge his or her inability to discharge the powers and duties of the presidency. It would be used most likely if a president falls unexpectedly unconscious, though it also clearly applies when a president is incapacitated because of some other mental or physical inability. You may recall the invocation of the 25th Amendment as a result of the Watergate scandal in the 1970s. President Nixon invoked it to replace resigning Vice President Spiro Agnew with General Ford. Then, when Ford replaced Nixon as president, Ford invoked it to appoint Nelson Rockefeller to secede him as vice president. 
However, in order for Section 4 to be implemented, the vice president and a majority of the cabinet must declare the president incapacitated in a written statement to the Speaker of the House of Representatives and the President Pro Tem of the Senate. Once that happens, presidential powers are automatically transferred to the vice president. In order for Congress to successfully declare a president disabled, two-thirds in each chamber must conclude that he is unable to handle the office. The disability clause of the 25th Amendment has been invoked multiple times since ratification. Presidents Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Ronald Reagan invoked it during medical procedures, though it was never used when Reagan was shot in 1981. However, Section 4 has never been invoked to remove a president from office. John Hudak, Deputy Director for the Center for Effective Public Management and Senior Fellow for Governance Studies at the Brookings Institute, writes that the process is more difficult than impeachment and is reserved only for truly unique and dire circumstances. Today's episode was written by Michelle Konstantinovsky and produced by Tristan McNeil and Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Listener.